I'll explain that to you later. Anyway, uh, scientists have proven that women who gain weight live longer than the men who mention it. Okay, well, maybe one more time. Scientists, all right, forget it. Um, but these two rednecks that were out fishing, country boys are out fishing, and so they wanted to fish so bad they went and rented them a boat so they could go way out in the lake. And they got a boat, went way out in the lake, and they caught so many fish that on the way back to shore, one of them asked the other one, said, I sure hope you marked the spot where we caught all those fish. The other one said, well, I sure did mark it. He said, well, how'd you mark it? He said, well, I put a big X in the bottom of the boat. So the other one said, well, you idiot, how do you know we're going to get the same boat next time? <laughs> All right, so forget that. Y'all just don't want to get happy, do you? All right? Praise the Lord. And so Trina and uh, Patrick, they'll come and sing in just a moment. Uh, but we're going to uh, look at a few scriptures before we receive the tithe and the offering. And, and um, your giving, um, God really takes our giving very serious. So how can you tell that? Well, you can really tell it from the Bible. <laughs> In other words, um, you've got 500 scriptures on prayer, 500 on faith, and you've got 2,000 about money. I've got two nods and like one grin. In other words, there's something about your giving that Jesus said in Luke chapter 16. Jesus said, y'all have heard of him? Uh, all right, just checking, seeing if I was in the right place. Jesus said, Luke 16, he said that uh, as um, a Christian, as a leader following the Lord, he said you must be faithful, faithful in three areas. Number one, in that which is another man's. Number two, in things, in little things. He said, I'll entrust you with, with more, greater things. He said, and you and I must be faithful when it comes to mammon, our money, our material things, mammon, money. So he said, if you're not faithful when it comes to money, he said, then God will not commit to you true riches. Huh. So apparently, number one, money is not true riches because you can't take it with you, right? It's very temporary, right? You'll be like the guy that actually told his wife, when he died, he was going to take the, his money with him. He said, I worked very hard for my money, and I'll be the first one to take my money with me. So he told his wife, I've got it all in the attic, and after I die, when I die, I'm taking my money with me. So they, he died. They had the funeral, and so she climbed up in the attic, and all the money was still there. And she said, huh, he should have put it in the basement. <laughs> um, that's so he could get it on the way down. Anyway, so... so <laughs> <laughs> Matter of fact, you can see a lot of people with a whole lot of money, and some of the most unhappy people in the world are people that have a lot of money. And so Jesus said, money is really not true riches. He said, I, uh, but if you're not faithful when it comes to money, he said, I won't commit to your trust true riches. So apparently being faithful in the area of our finances is an area that being faithful in that area will actually translate into God trusting you with things better than money. All right, let's try that one more time. 
In other words, being faithful when it comes to money because uh, money uh, uh, is the, the root of what? The love of money is the root. The love of what? Money. So when you see something going on, if they say it's not about the money, it's about the money. <laughs> and so to break the love of money, God's not opposed to you having money. He's just opposed to you being uh, unfaithful in that area. Faithfulness would simply mean that you put God first in that area of your life. Let's try it one more time. You put God first. Actually, in Proverbs, it says, honor the Lord with your substance and the first of all of your increase. What's going to happen? He said, your barns will be filled with plenty and your presses will burst out with new blessing and new wine. Amen. So simply being faithful in that area. If you read in Deuteronomy chapter 8, most of us like verse 18 that says, it is God that gives you the power to get wealth, to establish his covenant. So God's not opposed to you being wealthy. All right, got a couple more nods. Oh, somebody almost grinned. I said, God's not opposed to you being wealthy. Well, can you prove that? Well, First Timothy chapter 6, uh, Paul told Timothy to the church. Timothy was a pastor, so Paul told Timothy, charge those that are rich in this world. So he's simply saying, talk to the rich people. So I read that as a young man. I thought, well, there's supposed to be rich people at church. Or he wouldn't tell you to talk to them. So I thought, well, if there's supposed to be rich people at church, I'd like to volunteer for that program. (laughs) Amen? Because Paul told Timothy to talk to the rich people at church. The word rich, you know, means abundantly provided for, you know, more than enough. So he says, talk to the rich people. What are you supposed to tell the rich people? Well, he said, don't don't just ignore them, but talk to them. What are you going to tell the rich people? Well, he said, charge them that they are not high-minded. In other words, just because you got more money don't mean that you're better than anybody else. You ever have to talk to people like that? That's what God told him to talk to the rich people. Don't act like you're better than somebody else because you live in a better house and drive a better car and you got more money in the bank. Oh, let's try that one more time. I didn't even get a nod on that one. Don't act like you're better than anybody else because you got more money than somebody else. Or your lifestyle is, uh, is better than other people. So would God ever have to talk to you about that kind of stuff? Well, he did in Deuteronomy 8. He did it again here in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. And he says, don't be high-minded. And then he says, um, tell the rich people to be ready to distribute some people say, well, my money's all tied up. And I said, well, you know, good funeral release, every bit of it. But uh, <laughs> you, better, you better unloose loose some of that tied up money. We know Wall Street can unloose about 50% of it in two days. So putting God, so in that area, he says, charge the rich people, tell them uh, to uh, be rich in good works. So uh, one of my favorite uh, translations says, tell the rich people uh, to be extravagantly generous. All right, so let's look at the word extravagant just for a second. Do you know anybody that's extravagant in any area of their life? All right, let's try it again. You got way too many shoes. Your car has way too much horsepower. You got way too many guns. 
and you got way too much land to live on just for y'all. Are y'all still here? Do you know anybody that's extravagant in any area of their life? You got too much lipstick. Come on, you get your fingernails done too much. You get your toenail. Do you know anybody that's extravagant? Getting quiet in here. You eat way too, oh, but I'm not getting to that one. Anyway, so you know anybody that's extravagant in the food department? Extravagant. So he says when it comes to um, giving, that you and I should be extravagantly generous. You know what the word extravagant means? That means you have way too much. In other words, you got more than enough than just for yourself. So he says, if you're going to be rich, you need to plan on being extravagantly generous. Well, sometimes people say, well, really, I'm, I'm just frugal. Well, frugal may work at Walmart, but it does not work in the kingdom of God. Because I'm frugal. Well, you know you're just stingy. But anyway, people that are they were frugal and they were real tight, well, that might be all right when it comes to material things, but doesn't, it's not good when it comes to the kingdom of God or the family of God. There is no such thing as a happy, frugal Christian. In other words, um, Dr. Avery Jackson, who's a, a neurosurgeon, uh, and so he knows all about the brain. He's from Detroit and thousands of brain surgery. He said there's one, uh, one area in your brain, he calls it a pleasure center, that only lights up when you are giving. All right, let's try it one more time. In your brain. In other words, God designed you to be happy, and that happiness is connected to your giving. So if you see somebody depressed, that means they don't give much. All right, let's try it one more. Come on. That means somebody that's depressed, you're just thinking about yourself. But giving, come on, just sets you free from, come on, self-consciousness, always worried about yourself. And while you're giving, he said, it lights up your brain. I see some of y'all hadn't been lit today, so this is your good chance to get lit. In other words, God himself loves, what does God love? Cheerful what? Giver. Amen? So there's something about giving and generosity that God created you that that's a part of your, your joy and your lifestyle. Amen? Praise the Lord. Am I doing all right? Because this is just the introduction. So... Uh, <laughs> and so he says, uh, uh, charge those that are rich. And a lot of times people think, well, you better call up uh, Donald Trump. We actually met Donald Trump a few weeks ago at Mar-a-Lago at a special dinner. And, uh, well, I, I didn't make it a point to talk to him about his giving. But I did notice uh, one of our major politicians in America, on very high place, that they looked at his taxes and his finances, and he made $6 million dollars last year, and he gave 2%. Huh. Huh. They act, and that, they actually happen to be a liberal person. You know that Democratic liberal thing? Well, they might be liberal with other people's money. They ain't liberal with theirs. <laughs> All right, let's keep going here. So, 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 <laughs> I won't get into politics. Uh, keep you happy, maybe. So, uh, you know, the financial part is enough to make you think. So, so if you say, well, if you're going to talk to the rich people, you need to talk to Bezos or Trump or somebody like that. 
Well, uh, we did a study and found out that if you make $40,000 a year, you make more than 96% of the people in the world. All right, let's try that one more time. Come on, you ever been to Vietnam? You ever been to, come on, India? And people, you know, gripe about America. Move. In other words, there's plenty of opportunities in some other countries. You go to some other countries and you see the condition that they live in. And in America here, if you make $40,000 a year, you make more than 96% of the people in the whole world. So if I was going to talk to the rich people, I must be in the right place. Well, I've got a couple of nods and some people look down. But uh, come on, we are the rich people in this world. I said, we are the rich people in this world. And Dad Hagen said, the Lord told him, I'm not opposed to my children being rich. I'm opposed to them being covetous. The cure for covetousness is generosity. Thank you for that. Thank you. I said, the cure for covetousness is generosity. Amen. And so we know that he says, be extravagantly generous if you're the rich in this world. Be a great giver. Be known for your generosity. I mean, you don't want that on your tombstone. Here lies stingy. Tightwad. When did he turn loose? Just about right then. (laughs) He turned loose all of it. Amen. (laughs) Somebody said, I'm saving up for my retirement. Well, you know, when I get old, well, you might want to go ahead and take care of your generosity. Amen. So now in this area, why is that so so, uh, serious? Because he says in 1 Timothy 6, he said, charge those that are rich in this world. And then he says, be extravagantly generous. And then he says what? 1 Timothy 6. He says, because God gives us richly all things to enjoy. All right, let's try it one more time. God gives us richly all things to enjoy. Try it one more time. God, come on, gives us power to get well, and God gives us richly all things to enjoy. So the moment you're in a covenant with God, God's not opposed to you being rich. He's just opposed to you being what? Covetous. How you break covetousness? Generosity. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. And then he says, when you're generous, you actually lay up in store for the time to come for eternity. So apparently you can't take it with you, but your generosity affects your eternity. All right, come on now. We're still in 1 Timothy chapter 6. He says, so God gives you riches, all things you joy. And so he says, when you're generous, you actually lay up in store eternally ahead of time for eternal life. So he says, your generosity apparently will affect your status on the other side. Come on, you can be glad you got there. I mean, you're going to be glad you got to heaven, but apparently everybody ain't going to be living on the same level because those who are faithful may live on a different street. 
we may be mowing the grass of people who gave more sacrificially in this life. And you're going to say, well, I'm glad to be in heaven. So yeah, we'll go mow his grass. So, so here you are in heaven. And he says, when you're generous, it does not just affect your temporary here. It affects your eternity. Oh, my. Y'all still with me? And God, the Bible says, is not unrighteous to forget your labor and how you have served in the kingdom of God. In other words, God knows, makes a note of it, remembers it, and it has an effect, not just temporary, but also eternally. Y'all still with me here? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right, let me, uh, let me get you a couple of quotes here. Praise the Lord. We talked about the guy in Texas, East Texas, Letourneau, who uh, was the manufacturer of these giant earth-moving machines that were used in World War II to build the landing strips for, our, uh, for us to win the war. But also those earth-moving machines were used to build the interstate system in the United States, Letourneau, R.G. Letourneau. Letourneau College in East Texas. And R.G. Letourneau was a born-again Christian. Y'all still here? Born-again Christian. Strong Christian. But yet in his business of building these earth moon machines, he almost was going bankrupt. And as a Christian, he cried out to God, and he said, God, if you will bless my business. I mean, believe God can bless a business. All right, let's try this side over here. How many believe God can bless your work, the work of your hands, bless your business, the blessing of the Lord come upon? I believe you could tell if the blessing of the Lord came on your business and came on your finance. So Laterno cried out to God and said, God, if you will bless my business, I will give you 90% and live on 10%. Because some people, you know, they struggle at just being a tither at 10% and, and giving an offering. But Laterno said, God, I'd, I will actually give you 90% live on 10%. All right, now, um, I tell people I'd rather have 10% of 100 million than 90% of 50,000. In other words, Laterno's business got so blessed <laughs> that... Um, his business made so much money that actually he made the best earth move machines so that even uh, John Deere and the bigger companies would come and try to copy his machinery because it was the best. And his company made so much money <laughs> that he was so blessed and still gave God 90% and lived on 10%. All right, let, let, let's stop because I see a lot of people there that are going, yeah. Because a lot of people struggle with just giving 10%, which is the tithe. And yet God said your tithe and your offering, if you'll do your tithe and your offering, I'll open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing you don't have room enough to receive. All right, y'all stay with me. Back to Deuteronomy chapter 8 real quickly here. He says, it is God that gives you the power to get wealth. So God must not be opposed to it. And if he's opposed to it, he has a serious problem himself. I said, it is God that gives you the power to get well. 
I mean, if he was opposed to that, you'd get to heaven, just be, you know, a lot of trailers everywhere, you know, and he'd say, y'all be happy. But apparently heaven is what? Extravagantly generous. Amen. So go back to Deuteronomy chapter 8, and here's what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 8. He says, is God gives you power to get wealth, to establish his covenant. But if you'll go from 18, 17, 16, 15, 14, here's, here's what the whole chapter's about. God's talking to his people and said, I watched you when you did not have enough. Or I watched you, God said, when you were poor, when you had very little money, God said, I watched you. And you were faithful when you were poor. All right, let's keep going here. God said, I watched you when you were poor and didn't have much money, but you were faithful when you were poor. Now that your houses and your lands and your gold and your silver is increased, I'm watching you now to see if you remember. All right, let's try this again. God said, I watched you when you were poor and you kept serving the Lord, putting him first. He said, now your houses, your lands, your silver, and your gold is multiplied. And God said, I'm watching you now to see if you remember. All right, let's try this side over here. God said, I watched you when you were broke, and you kept serving the Lord, and you kept giving when you were broke. How many of you can remember when you were broke? Well, you've always been rich. How many can remember when you were broke? How many wouldn't raise your hand no matter what I said if I was giving away money? Listen. <laughs> I said, how many of y'all can remember when you were broke? Come on, I remember we first got married. We would go to the store. You know, we had the budgets. You know, it's ramen noodles and pinto beans. I mean, we, you, you got to stay in that. We don't have to live that way anymore, but I can remember. And God said, I watched you when you didn't have much and you were faithful. But now that... You, Praise the Lord. Let me just talk in front of the pastor here. He's, he's the only one I'm getting a really good response from. <laughs> now, now I'm watching you. Don't look at anybody right now, but he's watching. Actually, God can see. And we know he can count because he's got a book called Numbers. And some people act like he can't figure 10%. But God can count. If he said later, I'll multiply your seed sown, he must be able to count. So he said, I watched you when you were broke and you were faithful. Now that your silver and your gold come on, you're living better than you've ever lived before, your house, your land, your, your, your transportation, better than it's ever been before. I'm watching you now to see if you remember. I mean, you wouldn't want God to talk to you and say, you actually gave better when you were poorer. All right, let's try this out over here. I got an amen. I said, you wouldn't want God to say, you were actually a better giver when you had less money. Now you got a lot of money and you're trying to hold on to your money. Ain't gonna work. So he says, I'm seeing if you remember, it is God that gives you the power to get wealth. Well, we want to focus on God giving you the power to get wealth. I'm telling you, God's not opposed to you driving the best, wearing the best, eating the best, living in the best. Come on. He gives you richly all things to enjoy as long as you give the best. In other words, you cannot have Mercedes living 
and skateboard giving. Let's try this again. God's not opposed to you having Mercedes. And you say, well, I don't have no Mercedes, but you got a $70,000 truck. Uh, now they're starting to twitch. So God's not opposed. You say, how do you know? Because I got one. So God's not opposed to you having the finest, amen, as long as your giving reflects your living. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right, last, last thing here concerning giving. We think about giving. God said, Jesus said, give, and it'll come back to you, what? Pressed down, shaking together, running over. How many of y'all believe that actually works? He said, when you give, actually, it's going to come back to you, pressed down, shaking together, running over. But now listen to this real quickly here. Your giving, your generosity, praise the Lord, does not just affect your finances. Because he said, if you will be generous in your giving, then he said, God said, now I will trust you with true riches. Amen. Go, go give that baby a bottle or something. So God said, if you'll be faithful in the area of finances, God said, I'll commit to you what? True riches. So here's what the Lord said to me. He said, your giving does not just affect your finances. It affects you spiritually. All right, let's try this out. Because your giving, come on, reflects your heart and affects your heart. And so sometimes that, that generous test, that giving test, come on, your tithe or your giving, however the Lord's dealing with you, that giving test, if you pass that test, God said, not only will I bless you financially, but I will bless you spiritually. Come on, I'll give you true riches, things better than money. So... So it's not just, come on, a financial blessing. Praise the Lord. So Anne Frank, survivor of World War II, she died. She's not alive today. She said, no one ever became poor by giving. All right, no one ever became poor by giving. In other words, there's something about giving, and Paul talks to those in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. He says, you were extremely poor, and you gave, and you gave beyond your power. In other words, sometimes people think if they're poor, that they're exempt from giving. No, you're talking about taxes. But when it comes to the kingdom of God, you're tithing your offering. If you're poor, you're not exempt from giving. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 says these people were very poor and they gave beyond their power. Paul said that's tremendous giving. So actually, giving can break you out of a poverty mentality. Come on, I preach in Papua New Guinea. I preach in Africa, preach in India, preach in Vietnam. I preach to the poorest people in the world. And I teach them the same laws of prosperity that I teach Americans. You say, what happened? The next time I come to Vietnam, come on, the next time I come to Papua New Guinea, their business is blessed, come on, their family's blessed. They're doing better than anybody in their village. So teaching the poor to give, right? Because poor people say, well, I don't have to give. You know, I have a need myself. In other words, the poor people in 2 Corinthians, they gave and they begged Paul to take the money we want to give. And Paul left Titus there to teach them how to give 
off the bottom of the barrel and how to believe God for his blessing to fill the barrel and give off the top of the barrel. All right, let's try this one more time. In other words, when you're poor, (laughs) you're giving off the bottom of the barrel. But God's able to fill your barrel and change that situation, and now you're giving off the top of the barrel. How many of y'all ever gave off the bottom of the barrel? Well, now your barrel's full. So now you can give off the top of the barrel. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Everybody say extravagant generosity. In other words, your generosity will unlock God's generosity. Praise the Lord. I said your generosity will unlock what? God's generosity. Not just in the air. I look at people all the time. They say, well, I'm on a fixed income. And I always say, well, who fixed it? Let's try this out over here. Say, I'm on a fixed income. And so out of fear, they'll refuse to be generous. Did you know nobody can fix your income? When you're a tither and when you're a giver. Come on, even if you work at McDonald's and they say, we're going to pay you $15 or $16 an hour. And you say, well, I'm on a fixed income. Nobody can fix your income when you are a tither and you're a giver. If, if Laterno can take a bankrupt company and take it into hundreds of millions of dollars and give 90% and live very well on 10%, while he's going bankrupt, God said, just put me first. Put me first. Everybody say, put God first. Woo, all right, take your offering envelope. Let's go ahead and give. I'm not finished talking about this. You know it. And uh, you say, why? Because sometimes your giving is as connected to your spiritual breakthrough as you're praying. People say, Carneas, he prayed and he gave, and God brought a revival to his house. I'm going to say it one more time. Carneas, Acts chapter 10, he prayed and he gave, and God brought a revival to his house. In other words, your next revival may be as connected to what? Your giving as you're praying. Woo! Praise the Lord. All right, let's pray together. Father God, I pray a special blessing as we act upon your word. We honor the Lord with our substance and the first fruits of all of our increase. So shall our barns be filled with plenty and our presses shall burst out with new wine. The blessing of the Lord. Lord, I pray a special blessing as we honor you with our tithe, with our offering, with our giving, and we thank you for a a harvest of blessing that you're able to make all grace abound towards us so that we have all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work of the gospel in our generation. We thank you, Lord, that, that as we generously give, thank you, Lord, that it affects us not only financially, it affects us spiritually our hearts and our affection. We thank you for that blessing to break us out. Our businesses and our jobs are blessed with supernatural increase. The blessing of the Lord, it makes us rich and has no sorrow with it. We're not only abundantly provided for, but we are the happiest people on the face of the earth. 
Amen. We are happy people. We're generous people. Thank you, Lord, for our families being blessed, marriages being blessed, our children being blessed, our grandchildren being blessed. Thank you, Lord, for the power and the presence and the blessing of the Lord upon our lives in every area. Oh, thank you, Lord. We boldly confess and declare that as we honor the Lord with our substance, the first fruits of all of our increase. Our barns, our bank accounts, hallelujah, even our savings accounts are filled with plenty. And we will be extravagantly generous. We'll give the Lord a shout. In Jesus' name, everybody shout amen. God bless you as you give.